Framework is a show consecrated to field recording and its use in composition. Field recording, phonography, the art of sound hunting. Open your ears and listen. Framework A Field is a series of special editions curated and produced by guest artists from around the world. A new edition airs every second week, alternating with our usual Framework broadcasts. For more information, see our website at www.frameworkradio.net. This edition has been produced in the Scottish Borders by James Wynas. For more information, see his website at www.wynas.org. That's Wynas spelled W-Y-N-E-S-S.
That's the sound of a horse being tacked up, made ready for a riding lesson with a very young child. You wouldn't know from the recording, this is one of the beauties of the medium. You have to piece things together yourself. A mother and her two daughters work in the family farm near Jedburgh in the Scottish borders. In this investigation, I've become interested in the way that the horse and we humans have evolved together, in what the horse means to us, what the horse has helped us achieve, the horse in myth, legend and poetry. So here for a start we have the working horse and the pet horse, the family horse and the slightly naughty horse. Good boy. 
probably You also have the working horse on his own. Here we're somewhere down the hill and along the river at Timpendine Farm, another working farm come equestrian centre. At first, I thought I'd be recording one or maybe two horses in their stables at rest, without too much else going on. But I forgot about the swallows. Of course, the swallows. Have horse and swallow chosen each other? Or is their cohabitation a function of the architecture of stables? I quite fancy that the big fella likes his noisy companions. Perhaps they keep biting insects away in the summer. And maybe the swallows feel secure with a solid lump of mammal down below to keep predators at bay. Who knows?
Although the subject of my recording session had no issues with me poking microphones into his personal spaces, he did insist on eating when I was recording, returning to silence when I left. I think he knew that I wanted the silence, or perhaps this was just a simple conditioned response. Human enters stable, commence eating. Indeed, a contrary horse. Let's go back to our first farm, Gospel Hall Farm, where our working horse turns out to be a recreational horse as well, talked to as a child, but respected as an adult. Recreational horse, working horse, horse as a site of human work, the horse as a workplace. Back down at Timpendean Farm, the swallows are out in the field for the most part, and our contrary horse also likes to get up close and personal. 
I'm not a horsey type by nature. They tend to bite me or scrape me along the side of walls. But there's something that's just quite right about getting face to face, feeling and hearing the horse's breath. Moments of silence, looking each other in the eye. This is an honest horse. I like the way he doesn't really pay me that much notice. I take it as a mark of respect. Of course, I've hinted at the recreational horse, but we also have the therapeutic horse. The horse is an object of scientific, medical and academic research. This becomes clear when you work alongside organisations like Riding for the Disabled. What they do is they are asking you all the time who is in charge. Yes. <laughs> and you have to make sure that you are in charge. So otherwise, you are completely, absolutely lost. And how do you show that you're in charge? Or how do you indicate to the horse that you're in charge? Um, he tries or she tries to do something different from what you are trying to do. Just, you know, keep on and I can say, no, you know, this is the way or that's where I want to go. It's the bit? Yeah, that's how you can trot to move. And so how do, is that, that's using the reins, is it? Yeah, you yeah. put it in his mouth, but when you like, go that way, don't watch it. And what do you think? Do you think the horse, do, do, do they mind having that bit in their mouth? Um, yeah. They don't, yeah they, sometimes they chew it do and bite it. Roy used to chew the metal one. Yet again, the contrary horse. The horse is an individual with his own character and personality. My old horse, Fly, he always like bites your foot. <laughs> he bites your foot? Why do you think he does that? <laughs> I don't know. Don't know. What does it feel like when he bites your foot? <laughs> just when tickling. you're sitting on him. When you're sitting on him, he turns and bites it. Yeah. yeah. When we're just standing still, he didn't like it, so he just turned around and bit my foot. Maybe it was on his speech or no? 
No? Mm. No, all right, okay. So it was your smell then, probably. What? The smell you have, because I think that you recognize probably. Oh, it smells? Yeah. Oh. I don't know, but you know. Well, other animals do, such as uh, dogs, for example, mm. okay? Mm. So they do recognize mm. it by the smell. And if you're frightened, they smell that as well, don't they? Oh, yeah. You know, they can pick yeah. up on. Yeah, yeah, they do. I should explain that in the next clip we're making clay horses, part of a larger herd of 500. Someday, perhaps, an archaeologist will discover the herd buried in a cellar and, as with the terracotta army, draw all the wrong conclusions. Every horse is different, often radically so, yet each is recognisable as a horse. Even the least skilled of us can make one, long face, body, legs, tail and mane, ears. The herd as it grows gradually resembles something that Darwin might have sketched, all the failed mutations. So here we have the horse as an object of artistic endeavour, an aesthetic horse, a designer horse, a horse represented, horse making as therapy. How long, how long have you ridden for? Maybe uh, five, six years now, mm. I started, yes. And I think it's an excellent... Uh, Exercise for um, your muscles, no matter what you feel, uh, disability, or you know. Mm. How do you keep the horses up? You need to make their legs thicker, is one way of doing it. And another, another thing that's re a really good tip is when you put the legs, say the legs or your ears, or any bit that you're sticking on, is to really push it in to the body. Because what happens is when they're dry, sometimes the legs just fall off. And I have to go, then I use lots of glue to stick all that legs on, So really, like, kind of push it into the body. Imagine the horse, you know, you all know the horses. Are they to shoulders? Their legs come from their shoulders, don't they? So you want to they imagine... They should make a huge big hole in... Oh, that would work as well. Dive. That's more complicated. Oh, yeah. some of these. Can I get you to move The move legs are actually... Not forgetting the obvious, horse as vehicle of transport, without which we'd have no industrial revolution, no rapid commercial expansion, no modern capitalist economy, no cities. Just imagine a world without capitalism and without London. Inconceivable. Your eyes start looking 
where the fence is. Okay? And then you turn, and I want you to walk down here, and then come back and line up. Okay? Can you do that? Okay, would you like to show us how to do it? A sporty horse. An Olympic horse, even. There's mention of an Olympic gold medalist, a borders lad, a local hero. But what I want to know is... Who won it? Him or the horse? Some people say that the borders has more horses than any other county. And unlike the home counties, say, where the horse can be displayed and interpreted as a marker of social prestige, all classes of people own and ride their own horses, from labourer to landowner. Interestingly, our horse is the only animal who takes part in the Olympics, unless you count clay pigeons. The race is up at the mare near Hoyk on festival weekend. The horse's asset and commodity. Sporty horse. Thoroughbred horse. I should talk here a little about the Borders Common Riding Festivals. The horse is at the very heart of rideouts across the common land, central to the ceremonial parades around the small border towns, led by a young man chosen in a rite of passage ritual to represent the people. The preparation for these events is meticulous.
diamonds and hoof oil, the ornamental and ceremonial horse. The horse is a depository of historical meaning. The horse is a multifaceted symbol. One of my favourite pastimes is wandering around as the horses muster before a long ride-out. Everyone is relaxed, smartly dressed, some ceremonially. The horses have a chance to ride together. The townspeople can enjoy the spectacle of up to several hundred riders. So we have the horse as a social catalyst and an agent of social cohesion. We also have the war horse, frequently staged in acts of public ritual theatre. Many of the common riding rituals commemorate cross-border skirmishes and battles. I love the political incorrectness of all this. Here, the callant, the young man chosen to represent the town, enters stage left, trots centre stage, rises up in his stirrups, sword drawn, points it towards England and howls his battle cry. I make no apologies for the less than perfect quality of this recording. After all, how was I to know that the assembled townsfolk would burst into applause and song overloading my primitive equipment? And anyway, I'm not the BBC. We also have the usefulness of commentary from children and people in the crowd. This is one of the bonuses of recording at public events. People tend to comment on the action.
I touched earlier on the entertainment horse and the business horse. Here we have them rolled into one, bundled up with cabaret horse, spectacular horse and dangerous horse. Les Amis d'Honneau, the premier equine stunt team in the UK. Five minutes walk from Gospel Hall Farm, where we listen to mother and daughters tacking up. And even though they have their stables over the hill across the valley from where I live, I'd never heard of them till I started digging around the place.
Is it, what else, what is it specifically about working with horses that you really like? Um, having control Yeah. <laughs> and does it always do what you want it to do? Not all the time. No. So how, tell me, how do you, how do you control a horse? How would you describe it, to someone? Um, it's got like a little bit in its mouth, but there's like two circles at the side where you attach the reins uh -huh. to and you can just like pull them. So it, it can turn, if it's just walking straight and you say if you want to go right or left, you'll just pull it right or left where you would want to go. Uh huh. And um, if you want to go faster, you squeeze your legs really tight onto the horse, but not too tight, but just so it would go. So does it, did it take you a while to work out how much to pull the reins or how much to, to push the horse with your legs? Um, it took me in about like a month to figure out because um, me and my friend get taken out of school to go and do the RDA so but the first time I did it I didn't have like any range because I was just starting so but instead I got like um, a bit to hang on to mm -hmm. but I would like just slightly like pull that but the horse will still move while the leaders just didn't pull me so I could work on balance. Okay. What, what can is it possible to describe what what it feels like when you're riding a horse? So that you can imagine that you were doing that. So you're yeah. on your horse. You're about to get on your horse, aren't you? Anyway. Yeah. I'm just in about a minute, I think. It's quite. It's good for your balance. Uh huh. it makes your legs feel stronger and. Um, Makes me more concentrated. Oh, does it? Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? Very um, lazy sometimes. Just lazy. How do you know? How do you mean lazy? Well, sometimes she can't be bothered to walk to trot. So, does, so how do you make a trot if she doesn't want to? And you um, want her to? You, you kick her, kick the body with your leg. Okay. And and does she do it if you if you do that? Um, Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> and if there's somebody there, they'll probably get them, get to go. And how do they do that then? Uh, they, sometimes they pull the rope and they probably trot. Okay, so they run with her and to make her run. Yeah. And do you speak to Sue when you're riding her? Um, yeah. What kind of things do you say to her? Um, well done. Uh, <laughs> Keep it up or something. Mm -hmm. And and do you uh, use your hands and stuff to? Um, yes. When you're going to your left, you you pull it to your left, and if you're going to pat, you pull it to your. Right. So that's the reins, is it you're yeah. talking about? Yeah. And do you do you pat the pat Sue? Yeah. Yeah. Do you like doing that? Hmm. Do you get to groom her? Yeah. Yeah. And what describe what you do when you're grooming Sue? Well, um, the hair is really. Um, Really muddy as well. Is it? So it's really so you're talking about her mane or, yeah. or her coat? Um, the mane. The mane. It's really hard because it's really muddy. Is it? Why? Why is, is it muddy? Because she rolls in the. Yeah. Does she naughty? <laughs> so what do you do? You get a special brush. Um. Yes, we have to just really. Tug it. Yeah. Yeah. To get it and can you make it all nice and Yeah. Because um. Like, if you just walk up behind it and start talking, it might get a fright and it might, like, 
tick behind it because it might get a little fright, but like, because it didn't know anyone else was behind them. Is that because its eyes are, I can't see the other way around? Okay, so how do you, how do you make sure that the horses are going to kick you then? Um, you don't go around the back. You don't go around the back. <laughs> or, um, if you want to go around the back, you just like put your hand on it and then you stroke it down to the back so it knows that you're there. And it, sometimes it gets a fright if you don't do that when you just pick up like its leg to get rid of So we're dealing here with the delicate issue of disabled kids and how to represent them. The horse here goes well beyond therapy. It's a healing horse. A horse as a companion, a horse as a site of control, and a horse as a threat neutralised. Back at Gospel Hall Farm, we're cleaning and grooming. We've moved from saddle cloth to mane and tail. 
the horses department store as a list of things to do as a work in progress. Our mute horse is also a very patient listener, never interrupts or answers back. Up close again we have the horse's good companion, the horse as security. child who's particularly disabled she just tunes in and she's very calm and quiet and steady and she's just a delight um, and that's what we're looking for we're looking for horses that are intuitive so that they tune in to the child that's on the back they know the difference between when there's an able-bodied rider on them and when there's a disabled rider on them or a child that um, maybe isn't physically disabled but just has problems or not very sure, not very confident. That's the perfect fox. How do you think they know that? They're intuitive. Horses right. are extremely intuitive. If you're riding a horse, um, the horse knows whether you're a beginner or you're an experienced rider. And a horse will test you out very early. As soon as you're on, it'll do something just... It'll walk off by itself to see if you're in control and you're going to pull it up and things like yeah. that. And that's where you get the really good RDA horse. It knows the difference. Right. So it knows if the child isn't in control and it doesn't take advantage. Yeah. If you got on the horse, it would take advantage. <laughs> it screaming around and do all sorts of naughty things. But they don't. They are They play all sorts of little games and they talk to each other. The ears will go... Years yeah. is a great thing. Years will go, and then the next thing you see, all the years going, like, oh, they're having a conversation. <laughs>
Eyeball to eyeball. We don't need any more. I go along with the linguist Derek Bickerton, who argues convincingly that the notion that non-humans are somehow reduced because they lack language is patent nonsense. If the horse needed language, he'd have evolved to have it. We both get on very nicely in our respective niches. and structural therapy. Um, animal, the, the horses um, move rather like human walking because the legs go past each other. So you're getting the movement as if you were walking. Okay. And you have to have quite a strong body core mm -hmm. to sit up on a horse because mm -hmm. you need to be upright and straight. Yeah. So if they have back or body or core weakness, it strengthens all the core muscles. It also strengthens the leg muscles because when they come to being able to do a rising trot, mm -hmm. they have to be able to push up in the legs. So yeah. it develops the muscles in the legs, yeah. the upper legs and the lower legs. Um, it helps them to hold their head. Children who maybe have weak neck and bone back muscles, it helps to bring about a horse. A horse will go where your eyes go. A horse is in tune with where your head and your eyes are. So if you're looking that way, and not paying attention, your horse will drift, drift in the direction of you, that you're looking. Even though the horse is going that way, yeah, it'll there, drift. It'll drift it in the direction. That That's why in the, in the Olympics, if you watch the, all the riders are totally focused. That's where we're going, and we're going now. So the right. horse goes. If they hesitated for a moment, you were not a horse and a rider. rider. You're a complete unit, and you're working together. Mm -hmm. And this is what the children learn: that they're a unit. They're helping the horse. The horse is helping them. Yeah. And also, it's very powerful sitting on top of a horse with four good legs underneath yeah. you that move at a speed that you've never been able to move at yourself. And the horse will just go and do something else if you don't pay attention. Yeah. So they have to focus and they have to look where they're going and watch the horse's ears and watch the distance. They learn distance because you can't ride up to the back of another horse. No, right. uh -huh. You might get kicked. Yep. So they have to learn. Um, how a horse operates in that they can kick, they can bite, they can do unexpected things, they sneeze, they cough, they just, and sometimes when the horse coughs or sneezes, the children, oh, what's it done, what's it done? It's, no, it's all right, it's just doing what you do normally. I'll finish with a true story about a Bordos farm worker who became over-familiar with a rather fetching stallion on the farm. His attentions led to an appearance before the sheriff at the High Court. Asked to explain his actions, he declared, 
I've loved horses all my life. Probably not the best defence. So what I want to know is this. Having unpacked what we think about the horse, this quadruped, graminovirus, 40 teeth, namely 24 grinders, 4 eye teeth and 12 incisive, sheds coat in the spring, in marshy countries sheds hoofs too. Hoofs hard but requiring to be shod with iron, age known by marks in mouth. What does our horse know of us? What does our horse think of us? You have been listening to Framework Afield. For more information, see our website at www.frameworkradio.net. Thanks for listening. <laughs>